It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 30th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder and then talk about what Steve Clifford had to say after it and why this is... Probably a bit too late, but is the last stand for the Orlando Magic this season. We'll talk about that and the implications of everything coming up on the show in the next half hour or so. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast. I work by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Want to learn a little bit more about the Magic's upcoming opponent in the Indiana Pacers and how they're faring without Victor Oladipo? Check out Locked On Pacers. Want to get a heads up on the Super Bowl? You can check out the Locked On NFL podcast I work with Locked On NFL, Locked On Rams, and Locked On Patriots. We've also got the National Perspective and Locked On NBA, plus Fantasy Basketball 2 at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. The Locked On Podcast Network has a podcast for you and your team that you're interested in. Whether it's the NBA, MLB, NFL, or colleges, there is a podcast for every taste. You can find it on iTunes just by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Or tell your smart home device to play podcast, Locked On, and the team you're looking for. It's a Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. They often say the NBA is a game of runs. Every team has a run in them, and, and no lead is ever truly safe. I mean, the Magic know that better than most. I, I certainly have learned that lesson this year. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, of course, blew a 25-point lead. Uh Yes, uh, uh, two nights ago now. So no lead is ever safe, and every team has the talent and the ability to come back. Every team has a guy who can get hot and have fantastic performances. That's the nature of this league. And, and as I often say, this league's about what you can do every single night. Consistency. Not about what you can do on one night or one particular night, but what you do every night. The Orlando Magic right now are struggling to find consistency. It's been an issue for, for several weeks now. But it's even become an issue within games. Orlando can get off to a blazing start and give it all away. They can come back and then give it all away, often getting beat by one person, one player. And that was the case throughout the game on Tuesday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
The Magic gave up everything to Paul George in the first half. 31 points of his 37. Then Russell Westbrook took over. And then after coming back from a 16-point deficit, tightening up their defense, finding a flow offensively, and going on a run of their own, Dennis Schroeder took the Thunder home, scoring 18 points in the fourth quarter and leading the Thunder on an 18-2 run after Orlando took a 101-98 lead on a Terrence Ross 3. That play itself was very much a microcosm of the problems that Steve Clifford would talk about in his very short press conference after the game. Orlando hit a tough three from Ross to take a three-point lead. And then Dennis Schroeder just took the ball down the court and walked into a three-pointer of his own. You know, maybe that's a shot you want to give up to Schroeder, but not likely. Orlando never truly had an answer or a response. Sure, they were playing offense fine and for the most part, but when Oklahoma City tightened up their defense, they're, they're one of the league's best defenses. The Magic were flummoxed and didn't have much of an answer. They couldn't get the ball to Vucevic. They couldn't string together passes to get good shots. They couldn't get dribble penetration against a switching defense. Switching defenses kill this Magic team because they don't have anyone that can beat a, a good defender off the dribble, essentially. And that's an inherent flaw with the roster. Everyone knows that about this team. But once again, Orlando with a chance to win at the end, at home, against a good team, not only folded, but collapsed. Because their defense was never truly into this game. Whether it was the fouling at the beginning of the game, whether it was Paul George going on a scoring run, whether it's Dennis Schroeder going on a scoring run, Orlando's defense was never in this one. And Oklahoma City had control over the pace of the game. The Magic are not going to win very many games where they have to take 100 or more shots. And Orlando shooting 43.1% from the floor probably should feel thankful they were in this game as much as they were. 18 offensive rebounds sure help. But consistently, Oklahoma City was the one in control. Really, throughout the game. The pace was played at their level. They played one of the fastest paces in the league. And the Magic were struggling to keep up. The Magic were struggling to stay committed to what they do best. And more importantly, the Magic were struggling to pay attention to detail. To do the things that they had to do to slow down Oklahoma City. Even in the first quarter when Orlando had a 36-32 lead and looked like they were playing very, very well, it never felt easy. It always felt like the Thunder were the ones in control. That the Magic were making shots at an unusually high level, but keeping Oklahoma City in the game. It's been a long time since, I mean, maybe the last week's game against Atlanta, the last time the Magic won, but it's been a while since the Magic have strung together a game where they played really good offense and really good defense. Especially when it matters, especially at the end of games. Because down the stretch, once again, Orlando's defense betrayed them. They can't rely on their offense. They cannot rely on their offense to win them games, especially against good defensive teams. They need their defense. And with Schroeder darting in and out of the lane, drawing fouls, getting to the basket, making tough shots, Orlando never had a chance. The Magic aren't getting blown out anymore. They're not getting embarrassed. But that goal that that feels so close to them is slipping away. 
the thing that they've fought so hard for that they know that they're capable of achieving is slipping away. And Oklahoma City played a good game. No taking credit away from them. They deserve to win because they took that game. The Magic... The Magic are still trying to figure things out. Still trying to figure out something that works well for them. Something that they can do every night consistently. Honestly, maybe they're trying a little too hard offensively. But the bottom line is, they aren't doing the things they need to do to win. Whether it's effort or not, I'm not going to say with 100% certainty. I think there are ways that they are doing too much and ways that they're not doing enough. It's a team that wants desperately to win but just doesn't know how to get over the finish line. So once again, Orlando came up short. Maybe not as heartbreaking as the other losses in this stretch where the Magic have now lost seven of their last eight. Season high, four-game losing streak now. This one wasn't as heartbreaking as those defeats that the Magic have suffered of late. But it doesn't sting any less. It doesn't change the patterns that have developed that have shown this team wanting, that have shown this team coming up short. And I could go into the details of this game a little bit more. You know, Paul George was just on a tear and even good defense wasn't stopping him. But Orlando's transition defense was poor all night. They were they were caught flat-footed, um, and just weren't able to, to slow down Oklahoma City like they needed to. They fell down by 16 because they came out of the locker room flat. Didn't look ready to play. Got blitzed again. And when they finally came to their senses and played really well, they came back and they took the lead by the end of the four, third quarter. They had the lead through the fourth quarter. They were in the game. And then the bottom dropped out again. Because again, their defensive intensity just wasn't there consistently both starters and reserves. And the Magic need that, at the very least, to survive, to have any chance of winning, especially against a team like Oklahoma City. The final score, the Oklahoma City Thunder defeat the Orlando Magic 126-117. to Orlando falls to 20-31. and They are now five games out of the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let's run through the final stats for you real fast uh, before we get into what uh, Steve Clifford had to say after the game. 
Nikola Vucevic, 27 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 12 for 20 shooting. A really solid game for him. He was actually plus 7 for the game. So the Magic were pretty good with him on the floor. Again, Vucevic is just reliable. You know what you're going to get from him at this point. He's a, a, a the, the safety valve for this team offensively. So he's going to score points. He's going to do all those things that the Magic need him to do uh, on that front. And, and really, that's just so key to what the Magic are trying to accomplish these days um, is just you know, getting the ball into Vucevic, especially late. I mean, late in games, he's had his struggles, but he's still the most reliable offensive option on the floor. I will say this, though, and I've been critical of him lately. It's getting to the point now where the Magic need Vucevic not just to put up numbers, and it's always been to this point, but it certainly is now. The Magic need Vucevic to make a more positive impact, really demand the ball. And I know that's not in his nature, that when the team is struggling, he needs to take control of the team. And it's tough to do as a center. I mean, the Magic really do need a real point guard and, and real uh, drivers and penetrators off the off the perimeter. But Vucevic has to demand the ball. Vucevic has to take more leadership on the court through his actions defensively. And, and that's not entirely in his nature. And again, it's like I said, a lot of these themes that we've been talking about as the Magic have gone through this losing streak. I mean, this losing streak, this seven of the last eight games is defining the Magic season. It's telling us everything that we probably knew at the beginning of the season, but it's confirming it as far as how this season has gone, that yes, the Magic are kind of the team we thought they were. Maybe they're a little spunkier than we thought they were. They're they're not getting blown out. They haven't really had any major blowouts in a while. Um, But they're asking guys to do more than they're capable of doing. Nikola Vucevic has had a fantastic season. He's played above his head. He's having a career year, but he's not the guy to get you over the finish line. And that, that's really what the Magic are looking for right now. Because what the Magic need more than anything else is a guy that will get them to the finish, get them over the finish line. Vucevic is getting the Magic to the finish line. He's getting them into the fourth quarter, giving them giving them a chance to win. And even on their worst nights, even on a night where they didn't have it defensively, Vucevic is the key to Orlando's success. But he's not the one getting them across the finish line. And that's what the Magic need more than anything else. And, and they need it from Vucevic right now because no one else can really provide it. Evan Fournier with a solid game. 17 points, 7 for 14 shooting, 2 for 6 from beyond the arc. Um, three turnovers for him. Uh, you know, I thought he played okay. Got it, Really got a shot going toward the end of the second quarter. Had a quick flurry of, of baskets to get to 12 or 13 points. Um, but again, went kind of silent. Uh, his shot selection, especially at the end of game, at the end of the game, was really poor. Um, if there's any player, I think, you know, not that he's not trying hard. I think he is trying hard offensively, but I think he's forcing things offensively. I think he's putting the responsibility on himself and not really playing within the game as much as he should, as much as we know he's capable of playing. Um, but but you know, Fournier has found out an offensive groove again, which is vitally important for the Magic. But late game so- shot selection is is a big deal for him. I think it's a big deal for Terrence Ross too. Ross finished 16 points, 6 rebounds, 6 for 16, shooting 4 for 10 from beyond the arc. His 3-point shooting really sparked the run that got the Magic back from the 16-point deficit. But, again, same kind of deal. A lot of one-pass shots with Ross. When you give him the ball, he's going to shoot it. Even coming off a screen, I think he makes his decision to shoot before he reads the defense. And I know he gets a shot off quick, and he's really good at making those quick shots, and, and, and that's kind of his job. But I like to see Ross sometimes take a little bit of a beat uh, try and break his man off the dribble a little bit or keep the ball moving and, and get moving himself again to get a better shot. And I think that's something the Magic are struggling with late in games. Aaron Gordon, 16 points, 7 assists, 9 rebounds, 6 for 19, shooting 2 for 9 from beyond the arc. Aaron Gordon 
is getting really close to a triple-double. Um, you know, I think it's going to happen before the end of the season. Um, and I think we're continuing to see his game expand. Um, if anything, and I know this has been a criticism of mine for Gordon all year long, I feel like Gordon is going out of his way not to look for a shot sometimes. He's making the right play a lot of times. He's making good passes. He's a much better passer. He's got better vision than, than ever before. Um, I think that his passing is is a really interesting and, and intriguing development in, in his game. But I still want to see him match that with smart scoring the ball. And, and I think that's something that he'll work on this summer and and come back ready to ready or more ready to provide than he currently is. Um, remember, he's still so young. It's 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 not impossible for him to add that to his game and and take another le- level in this game. I mean, I would I would say Aaron Gordon is almost untouchable because I do believe he has another level to his game that I'm certain that he can unlock and he can be a really really good player for this team moving forward. But Gordon uh, shooting six for nineteen, I thought that he ramped down his aggression, um, especially after picking up his second foul in the first quarter. He started off the game. Really, really strong. And did a great job attacking the offensive glass. Six offensive rebounds in the game. Uh, six of the 18, so he had more than... He had a third of the Magic's offensive rebounds in this one. Uh, but I do think that Gordon really struggled after picking up his second foul in the first quarter. I thought he dialed back his aggression, especially his physicality defensively. I think a big reason Paul George was able to get going was because Gordon couldn't really defend him the way he needed to defend him. And, and those early fouls, I think, really put a damper on things for for him on that end because Gordon's been extremely good defensively and he's the kind of guy you want on Paul George. Uh, so Orlando had to, little, I think, scramble their defense a little bit. And I think that did throw the team off. Um, Gordon's got to learn to trust himself a little bit more and I, I think that's normal for a young player, honestly. Uh, but, you know, in that respect, it was a difficult game. Gordon is filling up stat sheets. He's doing a lot of really, really good things. Uh, but obviously, I think he still has... Uh, a place to grow and a, a next level to get to as a young player. Finally, Jonathan Isaac, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 4 for 8 shooting, um, 2 steals, 1 block. Uh, I said this during the game, especially as the Rising Stars Challenge rosters were announced and, and Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba were left off of it. Jonathan Isaac had, I thought, one of his best games of his career uh, and certainly of the season in this one. And, and it's, you know, I watched a tape. I, I did actually take Steve Clifford's advice and I watched the game again when I got when I got home uh, uh, on Fox Sports Florida. Uh, it wasn't as good as maybe I was making it out to be on the first blush, but I loved his activity defensively. His deflections were good. He was getting rebounds. He was attacking glass really well. Uh, when he was matched up with anyone outside of Paul George, he did a really good job. His off-ball defensive work is really, really good. It's I mean, he's the best off-ball defender on the Magic, I think. Um, he's good at helping and trapping and, and just clogging passing lanes with his length. He knows how to use that well. And that's helped him get steals and helped others get steals and, and, and lock down the defense. I mean, that, that's that's really where his length comes in big and, and greater handy is off the ball in those passing lanes. And, and you know, I, I think we're at the point where when Isaac's playing with confidence, you got to ride with him. He's, he's just so good. He can change so many things. And, and defense is the biggest problem for the Magic right now. I know the Magic are not a great offensive team overall. And, and, and Clifford has kind of said late in games he wants to put his best offensive lineups out there. But Isaac is so good and, and can be really vital to a strong defensive performance down the stretch that I really think the Magic have to consider changing their late game lineups, going with Isaac over Ross or Fournier or, or maybe even Gordon, depending on the hot hand or, or how the or what the feel is for, for Clifford. 
Um, Isaac is playing that well, at least defensively, and I thought he played that well defensively in this game. Um, you know, when his shot's falling, when he's confident with a shot, he is a dangerous offensive weapon too. He doesn't do anything to, to force things or, or do anything that seems out of the ordinary. He'll have a couple misfires or a couple bad shots here and there, uh, you know, kind of heat check shots, but he's generally not going to stay out of his lane. He's going to stay in his lane, play his role, uh, and, and you need those guys, honestly. I, I mean, I think that's good. I mean, uh, my criticism late in the game in this one was that Fournier and Ross took a lot of bad shots. Um, they, they took a lot of quick shots that, that you know, as, as Steve Clifford would said uh, regarding some of the fouling, that, you know, these are smart players. They can't be making these losing plays. And, and, and I think that's part of the problem here for the Magic. And I think Isaac is a guy who makes smart plays, and, and I think he's a guy that deserves the trust uh, that the Magic should give him. And, and I think... That, that that's something that they that that I'd like to see happen. Um, you know, obviously I'm not involved in practices. You know, so I don't know how much that trust is there. But Orlando should have that trust, in my opinion, and trust Isaac to to deliver in those situations. Defensively, though, I would say that he did struggle against Paul George, and it's been a thing where Isaac has struggled a little bit with the elite players. Um, he's pretty good defensively outside of that, and their elite players are going to be tough. And he challenged some Paul George shots, uh, made them more difficult, but he made them. Uh, but George also was able to work around him a little bit. So Isaac's still got work to do. Don't get me wrong. He's not an elite defender yet, but you can clearly see that potential. Uh, and and, and I, I think he's got, an, again, uh, another work year working on his offense. I think he'll get better on that end. He may not be a superstar, super-duper star player like a lot of people hope for, but he's clearly a starter caliber player. He's still got clearly got starting potential and clearly can be a big difference maker defensively. And I think I think we'll continue to see that grow here. Orlando shoots 43.1% for the game, 14 for 41 from beyond the arc, 18 offensive rebounds, leading to 18 second-chance points, a big reason the Magic stayed in this game. They outscored the Thunder 18-5 to on second-chance points, but Oklahoma City, 37 points from Paul George, 18 from Jeremy Grant, 23 points, 14 rebounds, 14 assists from Russell Westbrook on 7-for-12 shooting, 21 points, including 18 in the fourth quarter from Dennis Schroeder, the Thunder shoot 53.8% from the floor, 9 for 21 from beyond the arc. They get 26 free throw attempts. That's the ball game. The Magic cannot afford to make these kinds of mistakes against an elite team like Oklahoma City. They struggled getting back in transition, giving up 18 giving up 18 fast break points. The Thunder led by as many as 15. I thought it was 16. Um, but Orlando just could not keep up with Oklahoma City. The pace was too fast for them. And at the end, they ran out of gas. They ran out of execution, they ran out of focus, and the Thunder beat them in the end. The final score again, the Oklahoma City Thunder 126, the Orlando Magic 117. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. After the game, Steve Clifford went to the dais 
uh, at the Amway Center didn't take a question. He usually starts with an opening statement and he just went into a monologue. You know, clearly a premeditated move and clearly a message that he wanted to deliver to his team through the media or to the fans. Or, or uh, you know, I, I think some of it is changing expectations of fans, but he delivered a message that was perfectly clear. If the Magic want to make the playoffs, the way that they are playing lately, the way that they played Tuesday night, simply cannot happen. Clifford led off by saying, you know, a common phrase that he's used with the media is, you know, he wants to see the tape before he he really makes comments on details about a game or details about trends that may have happened during a game. He's not someone that's going to rush to conclusions, trust his gut completely. I mean, he definitely trusts his, trusts his gut and his instincts. They're usually pretty right. But he wanted to let the tape speak for itself before he dove too deep into what went wrong in Tuesday's game. And I'm sure he watched the, ga- watched the game again before going home. I watched the game on Fox Sports Florida, and I saw some of the things that he was talking about. The first thing he criticized was the Magic's simple effort getting back on defense. You don't need talent to get back on defense, he essentially said. Effort does not require talent. The issue is not personnel or roster or the roster. At a baseline, what the Magic have to do against a team like Oklahoma City as part of the game plan is slow them down. The game was played at a 101.5 pace. Magic are usually in the upper 90s. 98, I think, is their pace. This was Oklahoma City's game. They dictated everything about the game. And the Magic's transition defense just was not a force to stop them. And it wasn't because of a scheme. It was because of some lackadaisical efforts, some frustration with the refs, perhaps, or a foul not being called, or celebrating even a made shot. Or getting down because of a missed shot. and Letting a guy run right by you. Giving your teammates a little bit out to dry. Those were the kinds of things that were happening to this Magic team. And it's unacceptable. It's a lack of attention to detail. Something that's been at the very heart of every problem the Magic have had this year. When When they run the scheme, when they play at that focused intensity level, they are a good team. They are a playoff team. But it hasn't always been there. The second thing he said in his post-game press conference was about the team's poor ball movement in the fourth quarter. Too many times it was one pass and shot or too much much dribbling leading to a mid-range shot. And Oklahoma City's switching defense had a lot to do with it. They played a very good game. But the Magic could not break it. They settled consistently. And the togetherness that they need to win games fell short. 26 assists on 44 field goal makes is an okay number. But when the game counted at its most, Orlando had nothing. And finally, 
He criticized his team's focus to do the most basic things, to finish possessions and not foul. In the first quarter, Oklahoma City paraded to the line. They were in the bonus within six minutes. Kept them in that game early on because Orlando built an early lead. It took away their aggression later on. And Clifford described these fouls, these reach-ins, these, these slaps that just seemed unnecessary. He said that these players are too smart to be making these bad losing plays. Bad losing plays. It's in reference to the, those fouls, but it, it's really a microcosm of the way the Magic have played down the stretch over the last week. It's really a microcosm of the bad habits and the bad culture that unfortunately have really taken root with this group. It's a kind of defeatist attitude that you sense with the fans. I certainly sense it with fans. That things aren't going to ever turn around. And urgency becomes desperation, and desperation can lead to more mistakes and more trouble. It's a snowball that doesn't seem to be stopping or unwinding. In my opinion, Steve Clifford's message to the team was clear. If we want to win, if we want to accomplish our goals, we have to get back to doing what we know is successful. The Magic have been oh so close to wins throughout this losing stretch. Seven of the last eight games have been losses. Five of those seven have come down to virtually the last two minutes. And you could argue this Oklahoma City game was pretty darn close for most of the way. Even that Milwaukee game came down to the fourth quarter and a key stretch in the fourth quarter. Orlando has had a chance to win all these games. The last time they lost a game by more than 20 points was at Charlotte on New Year's Eve. And you can argue the loss to Minnesota as well as the loss to Sacramento could qualify as blowouts. But those were earlier in the month, two, three weeks ago now. The question is not whether the Magic have the personnel or the ability to compete and win these games. They have that ability. The question is whether they will actually do it. The question is whether they will put those words that they say that they know that they have to make their stand. They have to change things if they want to make the playoffs, if they want to achieve their goals. They have to turn those words into action. Otherwise, they're hollow. And the reality is, a game like Tuesday, a game that was perfectly there for them to win despite all the flaws and mistakes they made, they let it slip through their fingers. They made error after error. Simple, fundamental things that they cannot do. Cost them a game. Cost them an important game. And now, time is against them. And Clifford knows this. It's probably past time to make this statement. But time is running out for the Magic. And this is their last stand. Yes, the schedule gets significantly easier, at least by record, 
following the trade deadline, following the All-Star break. Magic still have three games against Atlanta, two against Cleveland, another game against Chicago, two games against Memphis. Orlando still has a path, a very slim one, to get to the playoffs. And they know they are capable of playing at that level. We've seen it. And I think to hold this team to anything less than that is giving in to the losing culture that has perpetuated this franchise and has created the, the boondoggle that they're in. No one's saying the Magic don't need to still turn the roster over to look at trades for several key players. No one's saying that. But those trades are not Clifford's problem. Clifford's problem is getting the most out of the roster he has today. And he and that's not happening. And I'm not convinced it's on Clifford. Clifford has given them a blueprint to win. It's been proven that it can win, that it can beat some darn good teams. Even in the course of games, when the Magic execute and play to their best ability to play to that blueprint, they win. They take leads. When they deviate from that, when they lose that attention to detail and that intensity and focus, and yes, the margin for error for this team is small. So little mistakes become big problems for this group. It's on the players now. It's always been on the players. The Magic have changed coaches so many times in the last few years. This was the players' last stand, the last time that the players would get their chance to prove that this group can succeed something. And they have something to play for right now. But under that pressure, they've crumbled. As the pressure is ramped up, the magic has started to look worse and worse and worse. And that certainly reveals something, maybe something that a lot of people already knew. Confirms, perhaps, conclusions that were already made. But the fight's not over yet. Clifford knows that. But if the Magic want to stay in this fight, if they want to stay in touch with the playoff race and make that playoff push and achieve that goal that they've been waiting to achieve for so long, they got to do it now. It's not about words. It's not about anything Clifford says to them. It's about the players deciding they want to commit. It's about the players deciding they want to put their efforts, their strong efforts, in the right direction. It's about having the composure and the will to finish games. Something this Magic team hasn't experienced or succeeded at for most of this season. It's all on them. And this is their last stand. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.